the puppy dogger. Welcome back to the BDSM show. That's Billy and Devo talk sports and manliness, the official podcast of foulweatherfans.com. As usual, I'm Billy. I'm Devo. Um, and you can find us on Facebook, uh, like the 100 other people have found us and liked our Facebook page. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter at BDSM show. Facebook is facebook.com slash BDSM show. So go ahead and on there, you know, you can click on there, you can click share if you wanted to, um, tell your friends about it. Uh, it's good. Yeah. Tell um, your friends how much you love BDSM. I mean, everybody gets that. <laughs> That's right. Your grandmother would probably love BDSM. Absolutely. My grandmother loves BDSM, but she doesn't know that it's called BDSM. So, you know, she she thinks it goes by some other name. So, okay. <laughs> um, let's let's hop right into fantasy football, okay, uh, Billy? Um, and I'm not going to say another word about it. So, oh, you know, little baby got his feelings hurt because he got beat by his no. co-host. I got my feelings hurt about seven losses ago. Only seven? And your is your losing your losing streaks eight now, right? Uh huh. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tough. So, um, yeah. Now that I have uh, a solid double-digit losses under my belt, I um, my feelings. You know, it's, they don't hurt my feelings anymore. Yeah, it's, so, you're just used oh, to the beatings. A long time ago. Yeah, I feel like I'm just like wasting good players. You know, and it's funny because I like do go and look and like find out what the matchups are and who's available on wires and free agents and put in for players. I do it every week, and uh, it doesn't seem to help. I think uh, I was reading the recap before we started here, and I think uh, it said something like if you had played my schedule – you would be, you'd have like four wins, and if I had played your schedule, I would have three wins, something like that. So, I mean, that's interesting. Uh, you continue to have tons. Well, I of mean, points. I appreciate what you're doing. Yeah, well, you know, I'm trying. You know, trying to help me out. Uh-huh. Throw me a bone. I mean, you'd be bad, but you wouldn't be as bad. Right. You know? Not like the worst. Although at this rate, I'll I'll say I was looking at the playoff brackets and. Um, at this point, I actually wouldn't make the playoffs just like you, but I would make the consolation bracket, and you would not, because uh, that's only no, I'm not like... only plays five through eight. So you would be so... even left out of the consolation playoffs, which is nice work. <laughs> yeah. Um, do I? What do I do? Do I like if I don't make that? Do I just like drop all my players and just go with zero? No, you or just uh, you just sit on your squad and enjoy everybody else's playoffs. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I love watching other people's fantasy football. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. It's a pretty sweet gig. Unless there's any like barn burners, you know that'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I just I you know I love Jason to death, but I don't know why I just have this like overwhelming urge to just see him. Lose, just I go down. Bad for thinking. Yeah, flaming yep. crash. Yep. I'm like, yeah, Allen's in first place. All right, and that's like makes me a terrible person. Sure. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm in last place, so I'm allowed to be terrible. I'm like, I'm like the Oakland Raiders. Sure. Of our fantasy football, Oakland Raiders, Jacksonville Jaguars. 
Um, yep. I know. I'm going to try and pick up Blake Bortles this week. There you go. <laughs> um, Drew Brees isn't doing it. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll go ahead and just recap real quick. Um, if you didn't get the gist of it, I beat Devin this week thanks to uh, Le'Veon Bell's superhuman performance on Monday Night Football. Uh, to be honest, he could have put up a, an average human's performance, and I still would have won by at least a couple points. I was up by five, I think, going into Monday night. Yeah, and then he went all haywire and, and uh, went off for 200 yards and a touchdown or two and, and got me 32 points, so that was nice. He put out a fire, and I think he uh, fixed somebody's car in the parking lot. Yeah, that he got someone's wife pregnant for them. <laughs> All right. So there was that, too. Awesome. Um, TJ beat Kevin. Uh, Leilani beat Jason. So his spiral from the top continues. Uh, Steve beat Alan. And Justin beat Mike. And all of that puts me at four for five <clears throat> for my picks last week. So uh, I'd say I did pretty well there. The only one I missed on was I had Kevin beating TJ. But, you know, it is what it is. I'll take four out of five. Um, as it is now, we have four, seven, and four teams at the top. So, you know, we've kind of got it. There, there's a cluster there. Then we've got two, six, and five teams. And then we've got two, five, and six teams. So, you know, at this point, we're, I think, two or three weeks away from the playoffs. And basically, everybody's still in it except for Crambone, who's fallen, I believe, to four and seven and he started so strong he did he was four and oh i believe and or at least three and oh and he's just kind of death spiraled so uh and then you've of course got devin pulling up the rear at, at one and ten oh, so. i prefer to call it circling the drain okay sure sure we can go circling the drain pulling up the rear yeah, whatever you right. want to call it <laughs> playing the caboose the rear um as far as week 12, we've got a lot of good matchups um, involving potential playoff teams, teams trying to climb up, teams trying to avoid falling down. Uh, I am playing Kevin, and at this point, Yahoo's favoring me, and I'm going to pick me because, you know, you know, change the record. I've been picking me all year. So, um, Devin, you're taking on Leilani, who is the newly crowned number one seed. Uh, and the only person I've ever beat. Yeah. Uh, this is a rematch. Um, Does lightning strike twice? As you can expect, Yahoo is, is favoring Leilani. And as you can expect, I am picking Leilani. But uh, secretly, I'm hoping for you, pal. Uh, we have Alan taking on Jason. Yahoo is favoring Jason, I think, by like 0. 0.2 points, which is kind of crazy. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and pick Allen and keep Jason's uh, fall from grace going. Uh, Justin is taking on Steve. Uh, both Yahoo and me, or I, are picking um, Justin. In the final matchup, we have Mike, who last time he played TJ was in first place and hoping to keep going and was looking real strong. And now he's one spot up from the gutter. And uh, he's playing TJ, and again, both Yahoo and I are picking TJ. So, again, we've got a lot of good matchups. Um, 
Alan and Jason are both seven and four. Steve is seven and four, taking on six and five Justin. Uh, I am five and six, taking on six and five Kevin. So you've got a lot of tight matchups. So uh, you know, should be a good week for fantasy football. Should be good, a fun week to watch. Uh, besides the, the beatdown that Leilani is probably going to put on you, and the beatdown that TJ is probably going to put on Mike. So. That uh, she didn't. She didn't beat me. She didn't beat me last time. Yeah, that's well, like you know, this is the week I get to say that. Hey, blind squirrel, blind squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. So that uh, that wraps it up for fantasy. Um, let's move into NFL then. Sure. Uh, the the old Buc- Buccaneers were able to uh, squeak out a victory. Actually, there was a it was a pretty dominating win. A solid, yeah, solid victory. Um, <clears throat> you know, and I. I hate to say I kind of saw it coming, but uh, Washington has been winning games they shouldn't have been winning. Does that make sense? Yeah, sure. And um, Robert Griffin, he's a nice kid. You know, I'd, I'd invite him over to dinner, um, but I don't think he's a very good quarterback yet. You know? Yep. Um, he's, you know, like, you know, he went to Baylor. And he did well in in college, which we've seen that a lot, where people like Jamarcus Russell or Tim Tebow do great in college, and then come out into the pros and eh, they do average. Sure. Um, but uh, uh, you said you saw him in the post game interview. Yeah, he had some nuts. He was trying to kind of shift uh, some of the the weight of the loss. Yeah, kind of deflect attention. And, you know, I, I actually I didn't see the interview live or the press conference live. I was reading about it on Yahoo Sports. And he opened up the, conf- uh, the uh, press conference basically saying that, you know, the team had to get together and, and become, you know, one unit and we couldn't afford to stab each other in the back and, and all kinds of stuff like that. And then proceeded to throw his team under the bus. Uh, said, you know, if you look at the Aaron Rodgers and Peyton Mannings of the world, uh, you know, they don't perform well if their guys don't perform well. You know, it takes 11 people to to function well. And he basically said that he wasn't playing well because the people around him weren't, which is ludicrous. I mean, you're not you're not at that level where you can call out your teammates yet. You played one full season. Um, right, you're extra fragile. Yeah, you've got as many playoff wins as Mike Glennon, who hasn't even sniffed the playoffs yet. Although the Bucks are only two games out now at, at uh, two and eight or whatever <laughs> right. they are. Um, I love that. So I, he just needs to shut up and focus on him because at the moment he doesn't look like a great quarterback. So you know, get it together, man. He, he doesn't even look like an average quarterback. He doesn't. I, like I don't know if I'd. I want him over McCown, you know, at, the, at playing for the Buccaneers. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're like, yeah, I, we'll just stick it out with McCown. Thank you, Robert, for offering. Yeah, I mean, at this point, he he kind of looks like a a true freshman quarterback in college. Like you can you can see there's flashes, and if he could develop and put it all together, he could be a pretty good quarterback. But he's just the first his rookie year you know they ran the perfect system for him with the pistol offense zone read crap that the league just you know teams weren't ready for him and he did a a pretty crappy job of protecting himself when he ran the ball and ended up hurt and he just has not been the same quarterback since so 
you know, he, he, like his coach said the following day, he just needs to worry about himself. Stop worrying about what the other guys on the team are doing and focus on what can make you a better quarterback. You know, don't worry about whether Deshaun Jackson is running the right route or, you know, if your offensive line is is picking up the protection scheme like they should. Worry about dropping back, making the right read, and making a good throw. And when you do that on a consistent basis and you've got a track record of being a great quarterback, then you can think about throwing your teammates under the bus, which is still not great practice. But at least then you've got some right. basis, you know, you've got some kind of platform from which to make those statements. Well, and and I thought um, it was funny when I was watching a little bit of the game, he actually slid uh, instead of, you know, getting hit. Yeah. And he got a standing ovation. Yeah. Like everybody was like, yes, finally. Yeah, he finally you know, got it. learned how to slide like every other NFL quarterback. You know, hey, numbnuts, you're not playing for Baylor anymore. Yeah. You know, this is like real money and like real stuff. Yeah. So I thought it was funny that the fans were very cognizant of uh, the decisions that he's making. Yeah, of course. So, I mean, you know, the the Redskins fans, the ones who are still in the stands, actually do are there. Those are your foul weather fans. Yep, absolutely. Um, and so they they understand that, hey, pal, you know, if you got if you got fragile knees and, you know, fragile, you, maybe it's time to start sliding. So absolutely. I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. Absolutely. Did you have anything else NFL going to mention? Well, yeah, let's uh let's talk about Adrian Peterson. Um, oh, that's right. I totally forgot that came out uh today, right? Yeah, this morning the NFL announced that they were suspending him for the rest of the season uh without pay and he Roger Goodell had a pretty blunt outlook on it and He's basically saying that, you know, they won't even look at reinstating him until April 15th, and he's got all these guidelines he needs to follow and go see counseling and all this stuff. And basically he played, you know, like a judge from the actual legal system. Like it's his place to to do these things. And, you know, the, the... they said he's got, by the, the rules of the, the CBA, he's got three days to appeal, and he needed about three minutes because uh, I'd say about an hour after it broke that he was being suspended for the rest of the season, it broke that he was already appealing the decision. Um, I think if he does get an independent arbitrator to hear the appeal, Goodell is going to lose the case. You know, he seems to, as the the uh, NFLPA head said, he just makes it up as he goes. You know, he he mishandled the crap yeah. out of the Ray Rice situation, and as a result, when the video came out, he used that as as a chance to rewrite the rule book, which I don't know how that's permitted when they have a collective bargaining agreement. Um change the punishment and resuspend the guy for the same crime already knowing what he had done but now there's there's visual evidence for the public to see and further chastise him over so he changes his mind on that and adrian peterson that stuff comes out right after this so of course he's going to try and make an example out of him you can't just make the rules up as you go yeah uh, there's already they did rules at the very beginning of the season with the ray rice gimmick yeah 
um, about domestic violence. And I think wouldn't beating your kid be considered domestic violence, right? Well, it is. And here's the thing. Here's how it differs from the Ray Rice situation. So even if you want to say, well, Ray Rice got suspended for the season two. Ray Rice knocked his wife out in cold blood, just, you know, left hooked her in the face, knocked her out unconscious. Adrian Peterson, in, in again, you know, it's going to sound like I'm trying to make excuses for the guy and defend him and, and things like that, but he didn't set out to destroy his child. He, in his heart, Thought he was discippointing him, just as he had as a kid. Turns out, when you're 230 pounds of raw muscle, a switch can do some damage. He didn't intend to do that damage. It happened. He admitted it happened. He didn't hide from it. To say that that gets the same punishment as Ray Rice punching his wife square in the face because he's drunk... I just don't see it. So you can stop the comparisons with the two cases right there. And, you know, even, you know, I'm not sticking up for Ray Rice because I think he's he's a terrible person for punching his wife to sleep. Um, but I thought that they the rules were that it would be a half of a season suspension for your first instance. Sure. Or was it a full season? I think it was. Uh, it was six games and then life ban. And then life lifetime ban, right? There's no, like, whole season or anything like that, right? Like, yeah. You get it once. You get one, you know, mea culpa. Yeah. Uh, you you miss eight games, and then if you get busted for it again, then you're out of the league. Yeah. And and he so made both of these guys should only be serving eight game suspensions. Yeah. They shouldn't be and, serving full season. And the thing is, he made that rule up after he'd already suspended Ray Rex for the season, <laughs> and then said, "Okay, this is what our policy is going to be." Starting so now, Ray Rice has has appealed. Uh, I'm pretty sure, and he's got a lawsuit sure. for wrongful termination. I think against the Ravens. Um, he should already be able to sign with a team. Not that I think anybody would sign him now. He's going to have to take some time to rehab his image. But in Adrian Peterson's case, he's already sat out almost three quarters of the season. You know, yeah, at this so point, he's already passed his suspension yeah, time. And granted, you know, you can say, well, he's been he's been sitting on the exempt list, so he's still been getting paid. That's fine. Fine him whatever paychecks he would have gotten for those those right, games. The difference. You know? Here here's a check. Fine him for I think they said he's made like six or seven million dollars just sitting on the bench and watching the team play. Have him write a check for that to whatever charity, domestic abuse charity you, you want. The spring or something like that, yeah. Done. But you can't just on the fly make up rules. Well, it was it's supposed to be six games, but because you're a special case and everybody's coming down on me, well, I'm going to change my mind. I'm going to suspend you for the full season and then tell you you have to do all these things, jump through hoops because I say so, and maybe on April 15th I'll consider letting you back in the league. That's not how it works, bucko. Yeah, I agree. I think if you want to make them jump through hoops and do a suspension that's a season long, then just make that the rule. You can't just earlier in the season because it was this season that they decided that on those rules yeah, for this domestic was, violence. This was August that he decided this. Yeah. So and, give me a break. 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's not like it's some like, you know, five hundred year old rule that like you know the Bears and the Packers uh, agreed on. You know, in the first freaking game. Yeah. Uh, it, it's this year, and it's not even just this year. It's like less than six months ago. Yeah, and see the the problem I have here, and and I read an article that that put this pretty well. He this this whole thing is more about Roger Goodell than it is about Adrian Peterson. I agree. And he, it's not that you want to take up for Adrian Peterson for what he did and and say that what he did was right, but Goodell is just he's he's acting way beyond what he should be. You're the commissioner of the league. You should not be handling punishments. You should have somebody. Every other sport has a department and someone leading that department who is in charge of player discipline. And there's a process that you have to go through. Well, this happened. We're going to have a hearing on it. You'll have a chance to explain your actions, and that's it. There's no there's no discipline department. There's no process. Uh, Roger Goodell gets the facts from wherever he wants to get the facts and just right. makes a decision. He's judge, jury, executioner, and it should not be like that. Seems like he gets his data from TMZ. Yeah, and and so the the players' association is obviously appealing this, and Peterson's attorneys will probably jump in on this. Rusty Harden, known him because he loves the limelight, and they're requesting an independent arbitrator. And if that happens, I don't see any way that AP doesn't win that, especially because they have. You know, they've said that there was someone in the NFL front office who told Peterson and his attorneys that time spent on the exempt list would count as time served, and that would be his penalty. So whenever his case got cleared, he could come back to football. And if they have that in writing, or they have it in a voice message, or an email, that's an open-shut case. Roger Goodell just needs to back up and go, okay. We got it wrong. You're active because he's just going to embarrass himself. And at this point, in my opinion, he's embarrassing the league by making this all about him. And so I don't see a case where he steps down from the commissioner's seat, but I could see a case where the owners vote him out. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, you know, this he's making a solid case for um, for them looking into possibly replacing him. Yeah, because he's clearly clearly on a power trip clearly uh strikes me as the kid who got bullied in high school and now he's in power mm-hmm. so he's going to use that power to lash out at the popular athletes you know yep i agree i i would not be surprised especially if this peterson case and the ray rice case get dragged out for an extended period of time and it just drags the nfl further through the mud I would not be surprised to see him get voted out of office and they pick a new commissioner. I wouldn't be surprised at all. Because, you know, you can point and say, well, he's leading the NFL and they're as valuable as they've ever been. You could put a blind, deaf, dumb monkey in charge of the NFL right. and it the will NFL, still be yeah. a $10 billion industry. Still. Right. Let Goodell be the commissioner of uh, the NHL and we'll see how good he is. Yeah, exactly. And he would suck at that, too. Yep, he would. So there's that. One other thing I did mm. want to mention football-wise, yeah, NFL-wise, yeah. um, you know, we spoke about Le'Veon Bell 
going off on Monday Night Football. Oh, right. Yeah, this is good. This is a good story. And, uh, you know, he put up over 200 yards. And nobody else got a touch out of the backfield. If I think maybe uh, Dre Archer, who's from Venice, did uh, kind of as a change of pace back. Uh, one person who's not really changed pace back is LeGarrette Blunt. He's not quicker than Le'Veon Bell, and he doesn't have that much more power. And if you watch the game, Le'Veon Bell was having no problems at all, you know, juking people, running people over, running past people. He was doing everything. So LeGarrette Blunt didn't get a single carry in the game, didn't get on the field. And he apparently took it personally and walked off the field before the game ended. So the Steelers took that personally and said, okay, fine, you're cut. See you later. Pack up your stuff. Yeah, like there's one thing really in football. uh, the, The going mentality is team first. You've got a guy on your team who's getting like eight yards of carry. Why are they going to go to anybody else? He's running rough yeah, shot over the other team. There's no need to, to take him out and put somebody else in. You know? I agree. So I mean, you've you got you, a guy who's... What are you, yeah. like, you know, crying over? It doesn't make sense. You're winning. This guy is carrying you back to win. That's what it's about. And the Steelers, as much as I don't like them, um, as much as, you know, some people may say they play dirty, they're a hard-nosed physical football team, they're a first-class franchise. The franchise has been in, in the hands of the Rooney family, I think it is, for, I don't know, as long as I can remember. might have been since the Steelers mm-hmm. began. And they run a first-class operation. And for crap like that, where you're pissed because you didn't get a touch, so you walk off the field before the game's over, they're not going to have it. And they didn't have it, and now LeGarrette Blunt is looking for a job. So, That's awesome. I hope he doesn't find his way back to Tampa. Oh, that'd be terrible. It seems like something they would do. Could be. Um. Okay, so LeGarrette Blunt. Uh, he played for Oregon, right? Yeah, he was the one who punched the Boise State player in the face because he was... Punched the kid. You know, at the end of the blabbermouthing game. in his face. Yep. Um. Let's, let's go on to NCAA. Sure. Why don't you, if you could, run us through the top four shake up okay and ship up uh you know just let us know how it, uh, how did it pan out all right well um you know this past week or this past weekend uh we had a primetime matchup for the the college football playoff and that was number one mississippi state going to number five alabama and bama won the game pretty comfortably i think the final score ended up being like you know, twenty five twenty or something like that, or twenty six twenty one, but it was never close. Uh, Bama was in control for most of the game, and I think MSU got a touchdown late to make it look like a closer game than it was. So I had a feeling that Bama might jump to number one because they won the game convincingly. I wasn't sure how far Mississippi State would fall, if TCU would stay in, or if Mississippi State would just fall to four. So what ended up happening, uh, Alabama jumped to one, which was not a huge surprise. Oregon, with one loss, still staying ahead of undefeated FSU uh, at two and three. And then Mississippi State, in fact, did stick in. They're at number four. 
both they and Alabama will have their chance to, you know, continue to keep themselves in, in playoff position. Uh, being in the SEC, they still got some marquee matchups left. Um, TCU looks like they're going to have to blow somebody away to find their way into the, the college football playoff at this point, unless Alabama or Mississippi State loses, which is still a possibility. Uh, you know, Mississippi State, I think, has to go to Ole Miss you know, in the last game of the season. So they could lose that. Uh, but as it stands now, your playoff would be Alabama versus Mississippi State and Oregon versus FSU. So hopefully they, if, if it plays out that way and they stay that way, hopefully the committee keeps it that way and the two SEC teams don't get a pass, you know, well, we don't want them to eliminate each other in the first round. Let's make one of them number three, which I could see happening. I, uh, I agree, and I although I would love to see um, Oregon play Florida State. Absolutely. Um, I'd love to see that in the, in the championship game because I'd love to see Oregon smash Florida State. Even that. You know, I, I uh, like I told my wife the other night, you know, I, I grew up a Florida State fan, so to some degree I do want to see them have success, but not with Jameis Winston at the helm because I feel like he's a dirtbag and – I, I just don't care for him. And I think at some point their luck runs dry. I mean, they're pulling pulling this crap out of a hat. I, I don't know how they're doing it, mostly because they're playing maybe slightly above average competition. So when they find themselves, you know, when they're shooting themselves in the foot in the first half, they get it together in time to pull it out in the second half. I think if they went up against Oregon – that's a team who's they've always got their foot on the gas pedal. So if they get up two or three scores on Florida State, Florida State's not coming back. You know, like they, they can make whatever defensive adjustments they want. Oregon will adjust and, you know, they'll put up just as many points in the second half as they will in the first half. And FSU's just going to, you know, even if they keep scoring in the second half, they're not going to catch up. So right, it'll end up a shootout, and then whatever the score is, it'll be just plus two touchdowns, Oregon. Exactly, exactly. So I got you. Well, I would like to see that. Um, yours and my favorite team um, played a barn burner of a game against the worst team in uh, college football. Oh yeah, I was terrified. Absolutely. Uh, all the way up until about three seconds left in the game. Yep. Oh yeah. Definitely. I was disappointed, really. Yeah, well, you know? I mean, it, they they started Quentin Flowers, and, you know, as we said last week, it was a good game to let the freshman get his feet wet as a starter and see what he's got. Um, given the conditions, uh, I think it was like mid-40s and dipping lower. It was windy. It was rainy. Not ideal conditions for even uh, a seasoned quarterback. And yeah, you throw on the fact that his brother was shot and killed Thursday, or uh, might have been Friday morning. I think it was Thursday night, Friday morning. Um, you know, he had a lot of things stacking up against him, and I think he played fairly well given the circumstances. Uh, didn't get a lot of help from his teammates. Uh, drop passes, dumb penalties. If I see another chop block called, I might go chop block one of the coaches. 
Some um, of them were legit. There was a couple yeah. of them that I thought were questionable calls. There were four of them called, and three of them were legit. They were just dumb. Uh, one was the fullback diving into the defender when he didn't need to. The play was already gone, and he was engaged with a lineman. You just can't do that. The one that really pissed me off was the uh, the defensive player blew past the fullback, who they you know they claim he engaged him. If anything, he got fingertips on a shoulder as he went flying by, and the running back went to chip low because that was the guy that got loose. Uh, he wasn't engaged with either of them before the running back. I think it was Marlon Mack. You know, cut him down at the knees. Perfectly legal because the fullback didn't touch him. And they called that, which was kind of infuriating. So, I mean, you had penalties and drops and uh, an Andre Davis fumble kind of derailed a few of of the drives offensively. So, I mean, given all the circumstances, Flowers, I think, played pretty well. Um, I don't know that he's ready just yet to be the full-time starter. I'd like to see him develop a little more as a passer. But, I mean, he showed some promise. He showed some flashes. Um, you know, I think he'll be good for the future. Uh, just ideally, Mike White can get it together for, you know, at least another season so we can let Flowers really, you know, grow into the role where we would need him to be. Um, it was a little hair-raising. Uh, it was 13-0 until, what, like seven minutes left? They hadn't had a lead that big all season. Yeah. And it was just, it was frustrating because the defense was giving up stuff that they shouldn't. And in the second half, I, they were lights out. I don't know if SMU picked up even three first downs in the second half. But, um, you know, it, it was, I just, I kept telling myself, there's still time. You know, we're down 13 nothing at the half, but there's still time. We're down 13 nothing going in the fourth quarter, but there's still time. There's two or three possessions there. If we can get a stop, you know, it, it's got to happen. It can happen. You've got to keep the faith. I kept telling Heather because she's like, you know, this is such a crap game. Like, you got to keep the faith. It, it, it can still happen. And I just had to keep telling myself that because I kept just yeah. wanting to, like, throw the remote at the TV. Like, yeah. why, are you keep, why are you playing so crappy? It's the worst defense in the country. And... Mike White came in and let a touchdown drive like five plays, got upfield, scored a touchdown. Uh, Dearness Johnson had the touchdown catch, and like he broke one tackle and then dragged like four guys into the end zone. Yeah, that was nice. Which was amazing. Uh, defense got a quick stop, and we got the ball back with like five and a half minutes left or something like that, and they ran 21 plays to go like 65 yards or something like that, which is crazy. And, I mean, they took up pretty much every last second of those five and a half minutes. Uh, there were several fourth downs where I'm pacing around the room, and, you know, my wife's going, what are you doing? <laughs> like, even if we win, you know, we still suck. And I'm like, listen, if we lose this game, a bowl is not possible. Yeah, that's the season. If we win, a bowl is still possible. A bowl is still possible till we lose. And Dearness Johnson had another huge catch on like a third and 12 or something like that. He gained 20 yards, bouncing off defenders and stuff. Mike McFarlane had a few big catches down the stretch. Uh, you know, we had a fourth and goal at the three, 
and a, a running clock under 10 seconds left, and we snapped it, and, and they threw the back shoulder fade to Andre Davis, and he got away with a little bit of a push-off. There wasn't a ton of contact, um, but I could have seen where they would have called it, and we all would have been pissed off. They called him for less contact than that earlier in the game. But, I mean, he caught it, and we win, and and it looked ugly. But our main starting quarterback only played seven and a half minutes, and he put up two touchdown drives. So, I mean, we win 14-13. Listen, a win is a win. Is a win, is a win, is a win. And at this point... We're 3-3 three and three before in the this, conference, I think, right now, right? Yeah. And before this season... We had won 10 games over three full seasons, and we'd won five games over the last two years. We've now won four games this year. We doubled our win total from last year. We've won one more conference game than last year. If we find a way to win the the next two games, we've tripled our win total from last year, and we've won five conference games. You know the last time we won five conference games? I don't think it's ever happened. I think the best we've ever done in conference is four and three. So, you know, we have our most, our most wins in conference now since 2010. And the negative Nancys will go, well, we only scored 14 points, and SMU is a terrible football team, and yeah, we have four wins, but one was an FCS and then <laughs> right. three bad teams. Well, guess what? Last year, we lost to an FCS team, and we lost to a, a boatload of terrible football teams. So there is some progress there. You know, the games that we've won were games we would have lost last year. Where down the stretch, when the going gets tough, the tough need to get going. And with Skip Holtz, we didn't ever get going when the going got tough. You know, like they, they just folded when, when the clutch situations came. And even last year, folded yeah, definitely. down the stretch. You know, and this team has been different this year. Uh, Western Carolina was way closer game than it should have been, but we found a way to win it. UConn was a really ugly game. All the circumstances going into it would have lent lent themselves to us losing to UConn at home, and we found a way to win it. Tulsa, we were down huge. Found a way to win the game. SMU, worst team in football, hasn't won since last year when they beat us at Raymond James, looked ugly, down two possessions, two touchdowns with six minutes left, and we found a way to win. It's not something we've done particularly well for the last three or four years. So any win we take and any win we gut out like that, I will take it. It's not beautiful. I don't have to love it. I like it just enough. You know, at this point, it counts. Yeah, exactly. And at this point, we're four and six. And if we can squeak out two more wins, then we get all that all important bowl practices. You know, like a, yes, like an extra spring ball. And um, if that happens, you know, we'll probably see even more of the true freshmen playing in the bowl game, right? Because they'll have that extra practice, and you spend that extra practice putting in, you know, gimmick plays and stuff for the bowl game. But you spend that extra practice getting the young guys more reps, more live reps against first-team defense and yep. second-team defense, something other than the scout team. So, I mean, that would be huge. And at this point, that's still in play. 
Memphis is a beatable team, and Central Florida is a beatable team. Yeah, I mean, it is. I think Memphis is something like fifteen point favorites at this point. But I mean, it, it run the ball, control the clock. Anything can it can right. happen. That's why they strap the pads on. You know, and so it, if we find some way to squeak this out, the uh, noon game on Black Friday against UCF becomes huge. I was going to say, we need to definitely mention the game time for Black Friday. Yeah, it sucks. It's at noon, but at least it's end of November, so it'll be probably gorgeous weather. But um, We have to get to the stadium at like 7 a.m. so that one yeah. of those idiots from Orlando doesn't take our parking spot. Yeah, it'll suck, but I mean, that's that's the life of a fan. That's you know, true. If there's, Foul weather as, fans as shows I, up at 7.30. Uh, as I said on Twitter, because you know, apparently there's a ton of people saying now they won't come because it's at noon, and the local beat writer, you know, posed the question like, "So you people are saying, if there's a bowl game still on the line, you won't come just because the game's at noon?" To the you rivalry. Yeah, exactly. That's to, your rival. To the war on I four. To me, That's... I'm going to be there anyway, regardless me, of if a bowl game is still on the line. But if a bowl game is still on the line, there's no reason not to be there. None. What's your excuse for not being there? Oh, what, other than if you have to work. Because I've missed right. one home game since 2004, and I yeah, had to I, work and could not I get worked out of at it. Best, I worked at Best Buy, and so, you know, it was definitely difficult to schedule around, uh, you know, Black Friday. Yeah. You just can't do it. But, so that was the one game I, I had missed, and only because it was an 11 o'clock kickoff. I had to work till two o'clock, and if the game had been at three o'clock, I would have sped my ass up to Tampa and been there just in time for kickoff. What um? What do you so, think the over under is on the refs uh, messing up USF and UCF uh, during the game? I, what do you I mean, they do it when we're not even playing each other. So I <laughs> right. put it at like fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, timeout. Central South. Um, FS. Someone. UF. Uh, yeah, Time at that point, I would just say team. penalty offense, penalty hey, defense, yeah, timeout offense. Even even in this game, the commentator at one point, Corey Chavis, uh, called us UCF. Yeah, and didn't ever correct himself. Nope, that makes me. And the other douchebag C squad commentator also didn't say, "Hey, yeah, USF by the way, not UCF." Yeah. That's their arch so, nemesis. Yeah, bunch uh, of douchebags. I'm yep. tired of it. I am too. Golly, have a little, have a little pride in your craft, there, uh, announcers, and say the right words. Like, yeah, that's and your I think job that's business. why. At one point, USF put on the big, the big blitz to try and get you know get us known as just South Florida. South Florida. Yep, I agree. Instead of USF this and USF that, because it's easy to just go UCF. Whoops. Yeah. Yep. South Florida. That's why I try to call yeah. them South Florida all the time. Southern Methodist. Absolutely. And you know, and I paid ten dollars uh, to add CBS Sports. Um, and you know what? I'm glad we won. And I would have paid ten dollars even if we yeah. lost. Uh, I'm canceling it immediately. It, it's, nice. It's not. It's not a good channel. It's not a good program. And you know, speaking of Central Florida and uh, programming, uh, you uh, you posted this on Facebook. Daniel Tosh uh, ripping ESPN. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was um, so great. Daniel Tosh went to Central Florida. He's from uh, he's from UCF. He, you know, that's where he went to school. Um, so I actually didn't know that until you posted it on that. Yeah, and so as much as I hate that school, 
Um, I do think Daniel Tosh is funny. And he he's mentioned uh, Central Florida before on, on that Tosh.0 show. I think he even mentioned South Florida. Um, so, you know, he's he's familiar. Um, yeah. But I thought that, that that sports science that he did about uh, ESPN was ESPN. high oh, yeah. hilarious. Because me and you talked, I don't know if it was on the show or if it was just kind of offline, about uh, wishing there were some alternative to ESPN. Uh, and there just isn't. You know, like Fox Sports and, uh, you know, CBS and whoever else I mean, it they're is. trying. Fox Sports 1 is trying, but they, they don't have the around-the-clock. You know, like Sports Center is fresh, like, all morning. And they may talk about the same things, but it, it's at least fresh. And they they talk about breaking news, you know, like this morning. They probably, I don't, because I don't watch Sports Center anymore, but they probably jumped right on the Adrian Peterson train. And Fox Sports 1 just doesn't have that in the morning. And you know, the only time it's fresh is at 10 o'clock at night. ESPN is um, included on, like, everybody's basic cable. You know what I yeah. mean? And I don't think Fox Sports 1 is. I think you have to pay for, like, the sports package to get Fox Sports 1. Well, I think it is now. Okay. I'm not sure if it was initially, but I'm I'm pretty sure it is now. And I with DirecTV, I get the CBS Sports with whatever sports package I have now. So I thankfully didn't have to pay extra for it, but... You know, it's it's come in handy because I think the last two home games now, Tulsa and uh, and um, SMU, the last two road games that weren't on ESPN were on CBS Sports, so I was able to watch them. But. Well, you know what's weird is Tulsa I was able to watch on my Xbox through the ESPN app. So weird. Yeah, that was, that's totally weird. And, and this one was definitely not on my Xbox because I'd rather yeah. watch it on my Xbox. It's, it's better quality, honestly. Sure. Yeah, the picture quality is better. Uh, so anyway, um, sorry, ESPN, you suck. Central Florida, you suck. Stupid train face. And uh, we'll see you on Black Friday. Me and Billy and Kyle will be there at the crack of dawn driving the sure. uh, TBR mobile. Uh, so that'll be fun. Absolutely. Um, so let's move on to Major League Baseball. MLB had a historic announcement. Kane, was it today? Uh, I believe actually it was it was uh, came out Monday, Monday, and I don't know that it's finalized. But this the the reports are that it was agreed to. Um, Giancarlo Stanton, the star outfielder for the Marlins, signed a uh, or has agreed at least to a thirteen year, three hundred and twenty five million dollar contract, which the end number three twenty five million is the highest in sports history. It averages out to about 21 and two-thirds mil a year, which is not chump change, but not the massive number that the 325 makes it look like. Um, the big thing for me is that it includes a no-trade clause and uh, uh, an opt-out option after six years. So basically, the Marlins can't do, you know, Jeffrey Luria can't do the usual Luria Jew move and sign a couple guys to a big contract and then trade them off the next year because, you know, they're not 20 games ahead of the next best team um, as he's wont to do. Uh, the opt-out, I think, is only for Stanton. I don't think the Marlins can opt out of it, which is even more astounding that they basically agreed to be on the hook for almost $22 million a year for the next decade. Yeah, it's like uh, half the price of that brand-new stadium. Yeah, and it's almost half of what their um, what their payroll was this year it was fifty million. So apparently they're going to find money somewhere. Who knows? 
but congratulations to that guy. Golly, 13-year deal. He's uh, would you, How old is he? You say he was 26? I think he's 20, 25, 24, 26, somewhere in that range. Mid-20s. That's a long time. And to tell you what, if you're going to play sports somewhere, it might as well be Miami. Sure. You know, if Absolutely. You're gonna be a, if you're going to be a millionaire, do it in Miami. It's I couldn't imagine being a millionaire in, like, Kansas City or Chicago or something. You know what I mean? Or Cleveland. <laughs> right, exactly, Cleveland. Um, let's turn very quickly to the National Basketball Association, the NBA. Um, okay. I saw something funny. Um, Justin Timberlake, um, I kind of have a man crush on him, to be honest with you. He's uh, dreamy, he's funny, uh, he sings, he dances, he does the whole thing, plays golf. Um, uh, he tweeted out uh, just like a hashtag that just said Grizzlies, right? And yep. uh, some numbnuts hashtags him back, uh, bandwagon. Yeah. To which our boy JT replies, um, like hashtag um I'm from Tennessee, and I'm a minority owner in the team. Yeah, he said. Any uh, other questions? He said I'm from Memphis. Yeah, that's it. And I'm a part owner. Any other people or anybody else want to take a shot or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Good for him. You know, and <laughs> what does it feel like when you when you tweet at a celebrity just so your buddies can say, "Oh, hoo hoo hoo! Look what uh, look what Devin wrote to Daniel Tosh. He told him he was big dumb train face." And then Daniel Tosh owns Devin. Like, how did how does that go down? Like with your boys, I I would imagine you feel like a horse's ass unless you have no shame and you just go, oh, whatever, man, you're still gay. <laughs> if I if that ever happened to you, I would probably get a plaque made. Absolutely, and I would, why not? I would come to your house, and when you're not looking, I would take out my drill and I would stick this thing right to the wall. Nice. <laughs> so that way you couldn't just like take it down. You'd have to like smash it down. Yeah. And I'd probably have like 20 of them made so that every time I come to your house, if it's down, I'll put it back up. <laughs> Absolutely. That's I don't a, see why not. That's the right thing to do. If especially Absolutely. If Justin Timberlake calls you a tool on Twitter, I feel like that's noteworthy. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So this week... Um, the game we've decided to play, we, we were chit-chatting offline and kind of giggling about uh, the Urban Dictionary. Absolutely. Um, and the Urban Dictionary has this neat uh, function called random, or like a shuffle. Random. And so we decided what we would do is take, uh, we would hit the random button, and we would find five phrases or five uh, words, and we would have the other person guess or decide what each of those items mean, then we would read the uh, subsequent sure. uh, uh, deal. So, you want me to go? Sure. Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Alright, I'm going to start. Um, first word for you. Um, so, I'll read you the word. You uh, let me know what it means. So, this is again, okay. easy one. First one's easy. Crack-a-lackin'. Crack-a-lackin'. That's like, uh, what's up? What's happening? Uh, that's it. It's a, a way of saying, how are you doing? Used by, yet again, soda drunk junior high school kids and their usual crazy selves. Sure. The example sentence they give is, yo, Sabrina, what's crack-a-lackin'? All right. Um, my first one here is another easy one. Uh, landmine. Okay, landmine. 
Um, is that a dog turd? No, okay. but that is a good guess. Oh, thank you. Uh, this one is a definition from Jersey Shore, and you won't see me reference this show very often. Uh, it's a skinny, ugly chick. An example would be Ronnie just hooked up with a landmine. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah. Um, okay, hold on here. My, uh, I had them on my computer, and uh, it is not cooperative. Oh, here we go. Okay, sorry. I'm back. See, Billy wrote his down like smart person, and I decided not to write mine down. I'm like, oh, just open five tabs, and it'll be fine. And yeah, my, sure. My computer from 1998 will be fine. My 286 will easily run five tabs. Sure. Uh, I'm mistaken. It won't. Uh, the next one is uh, drama. Drama. Like, uh, we don't want no drama. We don't want no trouble. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I'll read you the definition. You're pretty much there. Something okay. women and especially teenage girls thrive on. Nice. Consisting, consisting of any number of situations that have an easy solution, which one would t- bring a fairly good outcome. Uh, but these girls choose another shitty, bad way of dealing with it. Again, consisting of backstabbing, blackmailing, gossiping, betraying their friends, or the all too common, I want to break up with him, but I still love him. It drives sure. men. It drives men and what I like to call air quotes normal girls nuts. Nice. So um that's it. So there's drama for you. I know that feel, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's the old mountain out of a molehill deal. Yep. Um you certainly don't find that with um pregnant women at all. Um next word, please. Yeah. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll move on to my number two. Uh, This is an acronym. It is NRB. NRB. N as in Nathan. R B as in boy. (laughs) Is it no reason boner? Yes. (laughs) Yes, it is. Call it a narb. I call it no apparent reason boner. So like, oh, I got a narb. God damn it, a narb. Yeah. And this is uh, like you said, no reason boner. Um. (laughs) something that just happens to men uh don't have to even be looking at anything that attracts nope. them nope. they just just beep. sitting at your desk doing your work yeah and I was like, hey guys i'm ready to come out and play um now i got a pro tip for you and for all of the fellows listening at home do you know how to kill a boner uh besides thinking about hillary clinton making <laughs> right baseball 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 that doesn't work um yeah there is a, there's an actual physical like real way to do it. What you do is you flex uh like your larger muscles like your abs, your glutes, your uh quads. Sure. And you just flex, 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 flex. And what it does is it redirects the blood from your dick into your uh <laughs> muscles that are requiring the blood flow. And I swear to God, dude, it only takes like twenty seconds and your narb is gone. So, like, you're sitting at your desk, nice. the old narb fires up, and you're like, uh-oh, i got to go to the printer. <laughs> so, like, just, like, just like flex your flex your quads, you know, like uh, like you're about to do, like, a, a pose-off. Um, sure. And then give it, like, 20 seconds. Don't think of uh, the fappening or any of that kind of stuff because that would probably hinder the de- deflation of said member. Yeah. Um, but it works. Sure totally works and i wish i had known this in high school so i wouldn't have had to like hold my notebook in front of my boner 
Yeah, um, or tuck it into your waistband right, in gym like, class. <laughs> right, sit on my girlfriend's couch with the pillow on my lap. Nice. Um, so there you go. Flex. Uh, you can flex your muscles to kill your narb. Your no apparent sure. reason boner. Nice. <laughs> um, this one. Uh, Jawa. J A W A. Oh boy. There's um, two meanings really, and I'll give you either one. Just another <laughs> whack album. Uh, no, that's good. Um, slang term used to describe general resident of the Middle East, a sand chucker. Oh. Yep. Damn Jawa terrorist on the news again. The other use for Jawa, which I was more familiar with, is um, from Star Wars. You know the little, the little guys who uh, still have robots and oh, I'm sorry, droids. Uh, and you know, oh, sure. so, so those are the Jawas there. So uh, Jawa, it's either uh, apparently it's a. A, and you know, and I didn't know it was a, a derogatory term towards the Middle East, but I've read through like six or eight of the, you know, the responses, and yeah. there's like four of them are a derogatory term towards, uh, um, Middle Eastern descent. So, Jawa. Sure. Well, I mean that that would make sense if you think about it in the Star Wars terms, yeah, where it's the know, sand people. Live in the desert on Tatooine. Sure. So. Yeah, it's not nice. But I guess it makes sense the way they came up with it. I agree. Uh, my number three is the two-inch rule. Do you know what the two-inch rule two is? Two-inch rule. Two-inch rule. I feel like it has something to do with sex. Um, let me. What's the two-inch rule? What's the official? It is the two inches added to the end of a ruler when measuring your penis. Oh, uh, excellent. I, I didn't know that was actually had a name. I thought that was just a thing. Yeah. Uh, the example is mine's nine inches with the standard two-inch rule. Gotcha. <laughs> two, inch, two inches is a lot. Yeah. <laughs> like percentage-wise. Yeah, you, you know, you could think like, oh, you tell a girl, and I don't know why you would tell a girl up front, oh, yeah, I'm nine inches, and then she gets in bed, and it's like not even close. Right. She's like, um, yeah. I'm a thigh She's queen. Like, no, that's... honey, I've been with nine inches, and that's like six. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Um, that's definitely not nine. So, I'm a thigh queen. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Um, this one, you may have heard the name before, but I don't think you understand um, the implications of it. So Okay. Uh, Backstreet Boys. Oh, Jesus. Does it have something to do with Lady Boys from Bangkok? <laughs> no. No. Um, this is the one, and I read this earlier, and it was fantastic. A band that indirectly caused Hiroshima and Nagasaki. The Backstreet Boys. <laughs> bringing horror to the world. So this nice. person has apparently, and they got like 1,400 upvotes on that one. Wow. Uh, so the Backstreet Boys apparently are just as bad as two nuclear bombs. The two that are only, have only ever been used on general populations. So, uh, sure. Backstreet Boys, uh, nuclear I weapons. I could see that. Yeah. All right. Uh, you'll notice a certain phallic tendency to mine. I gotcha. Uh, number four is uh, the phrase, learned the clarinet at school. Is it oral sex? It is. 
is lending itself to oral sex. Um, It is translation for I gave great BJs. Mm -hmm. The example was John saying, I learned the clarinet at school. And then in parentheses, Sherman unbuckles his pants. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So... Sherman. <laughs> oh, that. you Sherman. <laughs> that's so, uh, fantastic. Yeah, that's my number four. All right, my number five is uh, Snow Bunny. Snow Bunny would be a white girl. Holy smokes. Urban colloquial for Caucasian woman. Yo, that yeah. Snow Bunny has an ass like a sister. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I've, I've heard the term before. I had not heard that before. That's... Very, yeah. I am. Uh, I'm a big fan of snow bunnies. You and me both. Absolutely. Oh, how about that? Okay. All right. My uh, my number five. You're uh, you're gonna like this one. The word ass. Ass. Yes. A S S. Yep. Well, and how would the ass be described in the Urban Dictionary? It would be the other vagina. <laughs> yeah. It's how, uh, you know, college girls keep their virginity. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to name any names. Uh, <laughs> I had a friend of mine in college who had a younger brother who was in high school. And uh, he came to us. He was a younger guy. He was probably like 17 at the time. And he wanted sure. to get our opinion. He's like, oh, I'm dating this girl. Um, but when we do it, she only wants to do it uh, in the butt so that she'll still be a virgin. And we Weird. both kind of looked at each other like, I'm pretty sure Jesus knows if you're <laughs> taking it in door number two that you're going to go to hell. If that's the reason why she's decided that she doesn't yeah. want to put it in door number one. Doesn't make a difference. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's actually worse. <laughs> like if your dad found out, like you know what I mean, like darling, your dad's gonna be really pissed when he finds out that you. Yeah, that's that's the devil's playground. Only do it in door number two. Oh no, daddy, I didn't have sex with him. He just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's on the anal. Like, um, <laughs> I don't know how that's gonna go down. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. I, yeah, I that's definitely not keeping your virginity. Yeah, so we both look if, at each other like, first of all, that's awesome and good for you, buddy. Uh, yeah. And secondly, she's in for a rude awakening when she gets to college and figures out what that actually means. Yeah. <laughs> so it's Very different. So I don't know. Let me check and see here. I had to open a new window, see how we're doing on time here. Holy smokes, we're over. Um, let's wrap it up. What do you think? Sure. Um, I found a quote by John Steinbeck, um, and it's pretty, it rings pretty accurate. Um, and here it goes. It's, uh, you know how advice is. You only want it if it agrees with what you wanted to do anyway. Um, so I know that's true for me. I don't want to hear it if it's not, you know, hey, babe, want to get your advice on this shirt and this shirt, knowing which shirt I want. And if she says the other shirt. I'm like, uh, you're dumb. I'm wearing this shirt or the shirt. Yeah, you're fat and stupid. Yeah. And then I get the sh- then she picks a shirt I wanted to wear, and I'm like, sweet. You know what? I was thinking the same thing. You're so smart, babe. Yeah, so. absolutely. Anyway, um, thanks for listening to us. Thanks for hanging in there. We went a little over, 
Um, so thank you. And we'll, uh, if we don't see you guys next week, come see us at the uh, UCF game. Sure, absolutely. Tickets, I'm, I would imagine. I don't think it's going to sell out unless Orlando brings like 30,000 people. 50,000. Yeah. yeah, I don't even think we'll get 30 there. Well, maybe if we, if we end up at 5 and 6. Nah, probably not. People will use the new kickoff as an excuse. So they're gonna go Best Buy and you know save thirty dollars on a TV that was probably cheaper last week. Yeah, I don't know Westinghouse. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you guys next week. All righty, guys. See ya.